Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the music. Thank you for the lyrics. Thank you for the giftedness that comes out through singing, through instrumental praise, through sound mixing, through you name it. Thank you that you know how to inspire us, guide us, and direct us. This morning, I pray for your Holy Spirit to be a teacher, to be a revealer, an inspirer as we talk about this very big topic today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Are we thumbs up? We're not. Okay. I'm going to start anyway. So forget live streaming. Just ignore it because it's too distracting all of a sudden. All right. Do I have control of this? All right. I don't. That's okay. So Part 10, we're almost done. I know it can sound like, oh man, another one in this topic. How far can this go? If only you knew how many more lessons I actually had planned, I'm going to split it up. We're going to continue on another topic later. But for this week and next week, we're going to talk about how to forgive. We've been building up to this the entire time, and I didn't realize it would, we're at number 10 already. But this part one of how to forgive could be... Um, huge, big, um, uh, life-changing for someone because we may not know how. We may want to or maybe we don't want to, but how do we move forward? So let's, let's dig in. If I could have the uh, next slide pretty, please. Even if, thank you. Perfect. You can now switch back to what you're doing. All right. Robert Capon said this, it is not the role of the church to tell people not to sin, and to devise lists. The world perfectly knows what sin is. The world knows what morality is. The world knows what's right. Morality is the world's cup of tea. What the world doesn't know is forgiveness. And that's what the world needs to be told. The world does know many things, but the gift that Christ brings well, there's multiple gifts, but one of them is the message of forgiveness and what that can look like. If I could have the next, there we go. So let's talk about how to forgive. We're going to talk, remember we talked about it being an event and a process? So the first part of today is going to be about the event, how to do the event of actually forgiving, and then what does it look like worked out, the process. So that's what this is going to be. Number one, to forgive, we need to acknowledge the hurt. Do you remember all the myths about forgiveness we talked about? Oh, it wasn't really that bad. Oh, you know what? They didn't mean that all the excuses comes to an end today. Today we acknowledge it. I have been hurt. We name it. And you can't give away what isn't yours. If you can't identify what the hurt is, or if you're blind to it, then you're not going to be able to authentically deal with it. This is, this is a, a, a very critical step. It may be that you've ignored this for too long. It's been stuffed away. You might even have excused it, but we have to admit that someone who is supposed to love us as an act of their will or not hurt us. Whether it's intentional or not, somebody has hurt us. So, acknowledging it. Call it for what it is. Next. Number two, the event. Number two is acknowledge the effect of what 
it did to you, and be specific. This is where it gets uncomfortable for some of us who tend to be a little bit more, I don't want to cause a ruckus, I don't want to cause um, uh, more stress in all this, but keep in mind, this part today is between you and God, not the other person. This is what we personally do. So we call things out. We can say to God, God, I am hurt. This hurt me. I am angry. Uh, I felt used. I was embarrassed. I was betrayed. It made me feel rejected and affected my whole life since that event. Whether it's an event that just happened recently or something that had 20 years ago or whether it was five years ago or what. And it may not have to be that serious, but sometimes there is a significant event we need to go back to and forgive. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. Help me understand this. You can say, be honest, I am crushed, or I feel violated. This is what you did to me. This is when you talk to the other person in your head, this is what happened. You did this to me, and this is what I did to myself as a result. What other people do to us can be contributing factors to some of our behaviors. It's not an excuse, but they're contributing factors. They have led to unhealthy patterns we have chosen to lean into as a way of coping. We need to acknowledge this. Today is the day to acknowledge it, and we call it out. We say, it is wrong. This has affected how I relate to other people. And I know this is really true. It made me feel ashamed, powerless, vulnerable, demoralized, shaken, incompetent. You can have your own list. There's lots of uh, things you can add to that list. But this is where the honesty comes out. And that's the point of this being specific. The more specific you are, the greater the healing because you're calling out that thing. It's not, well, that person kind of hurt me. That's way too broad. Zoom in. But I don't want to zoom in because it might hurt more. Ah, exactly. The more specific we become, the more we become honest about the hurt that's happened to us. Next. Emotions are going to come out. And I have a couple pictures, uh, charts of emotions I want you to see. I'm not asking you to read them or memorize them. This is designed so you can pause the video and look, and I'll happily email you these next two charts. Because some of us may not understand how to acknowledge how it made us feel. Some of us are not great with identifying emotions. We can just simply say, I was sad, or I was hurt. Well, those are nice generic terms, and they may be real, but perhaps... It goes deeper. Here's an example. Let's say angry. So we have a, a low level of anger, perturbed, annoyed, uptight, resistant, irritated, touchy. But then certain events cause us to become much more, like medium range, upset, mad, defended, frustrated, agitated, disgusted. And then a high level, really betrayed, loathsome, seething, irate, boiling, outrage, enraged, furious. You know, like these, this is, this is calling out the levels and identifying where those levels are at. I remember in my, and the only reason I'm telling you this is because in my counseling process, the three-year thing I went through, the counselor would ask me, so how does this make you feel? And I'm like, what do you mean? How does it make you feel? I'm, 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 up, I'm, I'm upset, you know, or uh, I don't know, alone. And she made me push and push and push and push. And then she gave me this chart. This chart was the, my new awakening to identify what is going on inside. 
This chart was my roadmap to pointing, okay, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling anger right now, but you know what? I'm, I'm exasperated. And I wouldn't have used that word because I was not in my vocabulary of emotional thinking at the time. And then I began to see all kinds of different words to help me be more specific. The more we train ourselves to be specific about our emotions, and believe me, not Everyone is emotionally engaged. Some are really emotionally engaged. They've got this whole thing memorized. (laughs) And you go, how in the world did you possibly articulate that? I believe this is the beginning of personal evaluation. And honestly, it'll help you understand what others are going through. Do you have somebody who's not able to communicate their emotions to you? Maybe a chart like this would be good for your, for your child, perhaps. Find a nicer, easier one than this. But this is, I'm just saying, there is a way to help train us to speak what the meaningful emotions are that are going on inside of us. Because the closer we zoom, the more we zoom, the more honest and the more freedom comes out of that discussion. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So happily email that to anybody that wants this. Number, uh, what, what about the hope? How, how are we going to do this? If I have to acknowledge it and I have to be specific about my emotions, God, what's going to happen here? How am I going to do this? Because I am not used to being this vulnerable, Holy Spirit. I, I don't know. What am I going to do? Help. Here's some helps just to remind us you're not alone. Ephesians 1.11. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. He makes everything work out according to his plan. Huh. His plan? He's got a plan? Uh, that's what it says. I'm just dealing with the text. You can figure out all your other questions in a moment, but I have three verses that will really help. This one, this one is helpful to me because there are times I don't feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. All I see is a, an atomic bomb going off and the collateral damage and mess of a situation. And the Holy Spirit redirects my eyes because I'm looking at it wrong. And I didn't realize it. Romans 8.28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives, is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Did you catch that? Of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. Let me give you one more. This is a story of a lovely lady. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is a story of a, <laughs> some of you got that, of a man who went through hell and back, who was absolutely misunderstood, who went there through crisis after crisis, whether he was wise in every decision or not. God was walking with him through it all. This is the story of Joseph. And finally, when, you know the story of him, his brothers rejected him and told dad that, his, that he got killed and showed him the blood of the colored coat and all the lies, 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 lies. And then he becomes ruler of Egypt, saving millions. 
So his brothers realized, you know, so far as long as dad's alive, you know, Joseph isn't going to lash up because there's like this patriarchal respect thing, you know. Well, daddy's around, we'll be fine. But as soon as he's gone, look out. And that's exactly what happened. So here's what happened. Um, they found out that uh, dad just died. And the brothers thought, oh, no, we're in trouble. I didn't have room for all the text. But they said, oh, no, we're in trouble. Uh, what's, what's, what are we going to do? So they made up the story. Now, here's what I want you to catch. I saw this last night. I went, oh, my goodness. They didn't stop deceiving. Uh, they said that the, before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, can, can, can anybody, you know, say this any louder? This is complete self-protection that happened to the brothers. I do not believe their father really told them that. They were trying to cover and catch, uh, make sure their own skin was saved. Does that make sense? I can read that into this so easily because they have a pattern of protection, protection, oh no, oh no. So here comes the big one. Their lives are in real danger now. And they say, Dad told us to tell you to forgive us. <laughs> yeah, right. But... Something else is going on. Something bigger has already gone on in Joseph's heart. Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you. So they're acknowledging how big this is wrong. For their sin is treating you so, for their sin treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of God, of your father, <laughs> beg you to forgive our sin. Do you see the deflection and the submission? Okay. They recognize, they are totally recognizing what they did wrong. They've been carrying that guilt and shame for so long and still did not believe any forgiveness here. Do any of us do that? Do we, do we carry our mistake over and over and our shame and our, we could have done it differently and we do not even forgive ourselves? When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Why would he do that? Guys, guys, are you kidding me? I've already forgiven you. Are you kidding me? And the, I think he grieved. I think it, either, it could have also woken up the whole story again, and he could have re-grieved and maybe re-forgave. Remember, we talked about that. It's possible those emotions can all happen. But he wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. They've done that before. Do you know what Joseph did? Lifted them up and said, no, I'm taking care of you. You're my blood. I mean, in fact, get your dad. Bring him, bring him all to Egypt. I'm going to take great care of you. They just threw themselves down again. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God? that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. How do we process this? How do we go through the event and the process? With biblical, spiritual hope that God does work all things together. He's in the details of whatever situation you're in, and there is an outcome that's bigger than you and I, even Joseph saying, am I God? 
he recognizes that he had no control over this. He also recognizes God's blessing as a result. How many times have we been hurt and we've come through a big healing process? That some of those hurts in the past, we don't approach or view with great bitterness anymore, but we've easily forgiven. It's not easily, it's been a long journey, but you got to the place of authentic, free forgiveness. And don't hold it against somebody. There are many people who have not felt that. If you have felt that, let that be hope, as hindsight is 2020. If you've not felt that, look to somebody else who has gone through it and draw on their journey and know that this same hope is in you. The event. How do we do this? We choose to forgive now as an act of your will. And this is how we choose. I'm going to give you five R's <laughs> on how to choose and how to get these words out of your mouth. And we're going to end with a prayer. Here we go. First, we remember. What do we remember? Remember you have been forgiven. Remember you are in Christ. You are a new creation. You are a forgiver by nature. Yes, you are, whether you believe it or not. And you can do this by Christ in you. When you can't trust the emotions and the feelings and whatever's going on in you, you can trust Christ in you to supersede those emotions. And when you do the act, the event of forgiveness, your emotions may catch up later. But right now, this is about the event between you and God. This is for your benefit, not theirs. Another R, repentance. What do you mean, repent? Repent of what? How about the attitude of not forgiving? <laughs> you know, surrender, admit, acknowledge, confess. Changing your mind from unforgiveness to forgiveness. Recognizing, confess your anger. By the way, confess means to agree with God. So when I'm angry about a situation, I'm confessing. Father, this situation makes me very angry. I confess and I repent. I want my mind changed about this. Recognize, confess your desire for revenge. Yeah, I want them to fail. I want them to be paid back. Boy, oh boy. Uh, uh, man, I hope they have a car accident on the way home. You know, uh, you name it. Like, yeah, I hope they spill their coffee on their brand new outfit. Yes, you know. Just do it out in the hall, not in the carpet here. So, uh, like, I'm just saying, these are the emotions we confess and, and repent of. Just because you have those thoughts doesn't make you a bad person. It means your emotions are wrestling with a deep hurt. It's okay. Some people think if I have that thought, then I've got sin in me. No, you don't. Don't act out on it. Don't spill the coffee on them. Okay, you know what I mean. This is about being very, very honest. Again, when we confess, we agree with God. We're not asking for forgiveness here. This is just confession. Agreeing with God. Agreeing with God, you're a saint. Agreeing with God, you are a forgiver by nature. Repentance is critical. It's a 180 change of your mind. Refocus. How do we then refocus? Set your eyes on Jesus as the only one who can meet your needs for love and acceptance. That's half the problem why we're upset. We were drawing and getting an expectation from somebody else. We thought we, that loved us, and we had an expectation of getting some acceptance from them, and they violated it, betrayed us, and hurt us. Wait a minute. 
Maybe half your hurt is because you were relying on that person for so much identity, so much acceptance. You put so much stock in someone else other than Jesus. Ouch! I don't say this lightly, people. I'm only saying this because I know what this is like. Literally. Hebrews 12, 2. Four different translations. You're going to love this. How do we focus? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. From the Mirror Bible, look away from the shadow dispensation of the law and the prophets and fix your eyes upon Jesus. He is the fountainhead and the conclusion of faith. From the message, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Ooh, he began and finished. This has already been finished. Sometimes the preliminary stink because <laughs> we're walking through them, we're feeling them, but the end has already happened. Do you trust that? And I love, love, love this from the Passion Translation. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. Or another way to say perfection is he is the pioneer and perfecter of faith. This is how we do the event with an intentional focus on Christ because here's what's going to happen. All those emotions of I don't want to do this, and are being melted slowly so that we can actually get the words out of our mouth. Even if we're clenching our, our teeth and girding and, and tight-fisted, oh, forgive, I don't want to forgive, but I forgive by choice. You look like a fool doing it in the mirror, but this is how we become authentic in releasing how deep that pain is. However deep it is, is how much of the anguish can be. Release. Release them. Release the outcome. Oh, that one, that one can hurt because we want so much control, don't we? We want them to hurt back. But that's our human ego speaking. That's not our divine spirit. This happens in marriage. I choose you to meet my needs. <laughs> Wrong. You set people up for serious bondage because no couple can absolutely meet each other's needs. Not a chance. Although we play that game in churchianity, we play that game in our culture, we play that game in the vows we hear in marriages. <laughs> Ooh, watch your wording of your vows, people. For most of you, it's too late, but that's okay. <laughs> you can redeem it, it's fine. But the expectation that anyone else can meet your true needs has to be surrendered and released. God can and does use people to meet our needs, but you look to him and then leave the method to God. He will bring people into your life. You will find companionship and fellowship and happiness and, and somebody to help fix your car. It'll happen. You know, like God will do that redirecting. That requires some trust and honesty and transparency between you and God.
Here it is. Uh, I, I taught this one a couple years ago. I changed it last night. This is the first full freedom prayer of forgiveness I've read in a long, long, long time. And I want to read it to you carefully. I invite you to even close your eyes and just listen because each sentence is intentional. Listen carefully. This is the prayer of forgiveness for the event. I confess I have been forgiven of everything by my Lord Jesus Christ. I confess I have been made a new creation in him. I confess that any unforgiving attitude I have is not a reflection of my true identity. Therefore, as an act of my will, I choose by the power of Christ in me to forgive you this very day. Fully recognizing my emotions may not reflect the choice I make this day. I choose to release you from my need to exact vengeance, my need to pour shame and anger on you. By the power of Christ in me, I release you from the responsibility to meet my needs for love and acceptance. And I choose today, as an act of my will, to trust Jesus alone as the only able and true source of meeting all my needs. I trust this day that Christ in me and the light of Christ in you to do the work in each of us that needs to be done. I surrender the outcome of this process to Christ, regardless if the relationship is restored or not. As we think through and read through this one slowly, meditate on it, it will force vulnerability. Again, this is personal. Let me give you some points about this prayer. The prayer is between you and God, period. This is not about the other person right now. This is between you and your Heavenly Father. The work that has to happen here first. All the other stuff, don't worry about. But it begins spiritually, personally. Number two, it may take a year or two or a lifetime to become real in your actions, emotions, and feelings and attitude. This prayer does not immediately guarantee, my feelings are, I'm sound music, you know, that kind of thing in the field. No. Don't think that can happen that quickly. This process can take a long time, and you may have to pray that prayer many times. If nothing else, to remind and train your brain, to renew your thinking, to begin to process a healthier way of perspecting on this whole crisis that you're in. Number three, this step in no way implies you are now ready to go confront. <laughs> What needs to happen next, regardless of any potential confrontation, is a deep internal work in your soul. Healing has to happen. Remember in the series of forgiveness, we've talked about the importance of confronting after we've forgiven? Some people have a fast ADHD moment and boom, they think they've done the prayer. Now I can go in their face because now I have the legitimacy to go confront. No. 
That's ego. That's half payback attack. Stop it. Instead, surrender it. And realize, Father, this is not about the other person at all. This, what? This, this is about my healing? I'm not used to that. Exactly. Exactly. Your daddy loves you so much. He's in the business of restoration. He begins with your soul, your mind, your emotions. And he knows all the little crises and misunderstandings that have happened. How individuals have hurt you, misunderstood you, and how you've been misunderstood by others and so on. He gets all that. <laughs> Number four, only the Holy Spirit can tell you when it's time to confront, whenever that time is right, if there ever is one. Don't run there. There may never be a right time. You may never get a chance to confront. On the case of, let's say, there's been some stories in the newspaper recently of uh, individuals who've been sexually molested by, by uh, trusted individuals that are public people. Those kinds of confrontations need to happen. Those are really, really important because you're saving others from further harm. Okay? So you, you can have all these little cubbyhole questions. What about this? What about that? What about this? But we're dealing with relational stuff. Pause. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Number five, there is no rush. There is no timeline. The goal now is to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit to heal and mature us. We are called to grow up. And God is leading you through a process of forgiveness for your benefit, for your healing, for you to mature and grow up a bit more. It's for your benefit. Galatians 4.19 says, You are my dear children, but I agonize in spiritual labor pains once again until the anointed one will be fully formed in your hearts. Fully formed. He's already there, but what's it look like through your emotions being activated through every single cell and piece of energy through you? We're not there yet, but that's the business God's in. Until Christ is fully developed in your life. So 1 John 2, I remind you, dear children, under instruction. By the way, this word children, it, it implies not little infants. It means you're under construction right now. You're in the middle of, of maturing. You're just at the starting point. You're, it says, I remind you, dear children, your sins have been permanently removed because of the power of his name. I remind you, fathers and mothers, you have a relationship with the one who has existed from the beginning. I remind you, young people, you have defeated the evil one. I write these things to you, dear children, because you truly have a relationship with the Father. I write these things to you, fathers and mothers, because you have a true relationship with him who is from the beginning. And I write these things, young people, because you are strong. The word, capital W, of God is treasured in your hearts, and you have defeated the evil one. This is about moving from child, young man, father. This is just like the logo on the wall, seed, sapling, tree, maturing, growing up. And there are different seasons in life where different types of maturity happens. Next week, part two. What's this look like after we've said this event prayer? I hope you'll come back in here. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the work you're doing in me. I pray you also 
help others here and those who are listening and watching, that you work in them. Teach us how to surrender and yield to the work of your Holy Spirit in us who is working for our good. And if we have a hard time believing that, Father, bring us to the point of trusting that before we go any further. There's no rush. Remind us we're loved. Help us to believe we're loved so then we can authentically love others. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It says Jesus everything. I just realized that this thing that we're dealing with, forgiveness, the person, event, that thing, doesn't fit. And if our eyes are focused on that thing, we're not seeing everything. This whole point of the series is to get our eyes off of the hurt and onto the healer. Let him do the internal work. I don't have this figured out. I'm walking through it myself. Seriously. <laughs> and I have much hope. So go in peace today. Thank you.